appreciate all that you guys are doing over there. And uh, if you didn't notice who that was in the picture, that's our own Jenny Lemons. We don't usually call her Jennifer. She's not here this morning, but we can brag on her and nonetheless. One of the things I sure noticed as I sat and listened to the, the various announcements and updates and ministry things going on is that there are so many things, not just so many things happening, but there's so many different needs in the world around us. You ever notice that? And you, whether you watch the news or you get on Facebook and see what's going on in your friends' lives or you read the paper and you notice that all around there are so many things that need our attention, our effort, our resources. And I think sometimes we get overwhelmed. Sometimes it's like a little bit of sticker shock. And we think, well, we, can't, we just can't do it all. Not as an individual. You can't do it all. I can't do it all. We may even think, even as a church, even as a fairly large church, we just can't do it all. And so what can we do? But one thing you should remember, one thing I have to remember, is that Scripture teaches us in Ephesians 2.10, for example, says that God has made us His own. He's made us special. He's made us His workmanship. And that He created us in Christ Jesus for the purpose of doing good works. That God Himself prepared us for that and prepared those works in advance so that we would do them. But which ones, right? Again, if you look around, you see so many different things that we can do. There's so much hunger, so much pain, so much abuse, so much suffering. And oftentimes we feel so ill-equipped to really make an effective difference. It's like we don't have enough time. Or we don't have enough money. Or we don't have enough resources. Or, or we don't have enough knowledge. But you know what God really asks of us? Really two things that we all can have. He asks each of us to approach our lives with faith. Not in ourselves so much, but in Him. And He asks each of us to approach the people around us, all of them, with compassion. He doesn't say, for in order for you to serve me, you have to have a Ph.D. In order for you to serve me, you have to be a millionaire. But God says, in order for us to serve Him, we must be people of faith, we must be people of compassion. Compassion for our neighbors. Because you and I, in the paths God leads us, are the one person, the one singular person that God needs to help those people we see every day. I'm, gonna, I'm only going to be up here for a moment, but I want to quickly read to you a story. It's a story you've heard before. And let this story speak to the truthfulness of the words I shared. And let this story illustrate how, as has been mentioned, the, the power of one person serving one person can make a difference. There's an old Jewish saying from the Talmud that says, to save one life is to save the world entire. Luke 10, verse 25. And behold, there was an expert in the law who stood up to put Jesus to the test. And he said, Teacher, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is it that's written in the law? How do you read it? And he said, You should love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind 
and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. Do that and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, then who is my neighbor? And then Jesus told this story. There was a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. And now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he had passed by on the other side. And so likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And then he sat him on his own animal, and he brought him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? That's what Jesus asked that man. Who do you think was the neighbor? And he said, well, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus didn't say, you're right. You got the answer right. Jesus said, you're correct. Now you go and do the same thing. For us to come together and hear about great things with our youth group and with our VBS, with our mission work, whether it's Zimbabwe or Carpenter Place, to hear great things and to be aware that there's potential is good. But God is never satisfied with people who simply get the answers right. What God wants is for us to show that we have faith in Him by living with compassion for the people around us. There are so many ways that you can be put to work by God for good of those around you. If you need help finding those ways, talk to Ben, who will be out front in a little bit. Talk to Chris or Steve or our missions committee who can tell you more about not only Carpenter Place but Zimbabwe and the Orphan Project and so many different things. And if you aren't particularly fitted by God for those things, then with respect, open your own eyes and get off your own tail and see what it is that God can do with you in your life, in your neighborhood, in your school, We don't have to wait for someone to come and sign us up. God has prepared us, each of us, specifically to do good works. If you will trust in God and truly give yourself to him to be used at his disposal for the care of the world that he made, that he loves, that he died for, then we can save the world one person at a time. If we can help you this morning, please come and let us know as we stand together and sing.